for myself as a writer, I've really enjoyed it when people have said, not just here is a blank page, fill it. They've said, here's an opening line or here's an opening sentiment or thought. Follow that trail and see where you end up. I feel like for me, that's an incredible gift. And I feel like when we can give people that permissive space to be able to say, here are some parameters, you're still safe and you're still held, but play, you can't get it wrong. I think we'd be amazed at what gets offered in those sorts of environments. Try this bad boy out for science. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone. A certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Good morning. It's a Melbourne morning, is it, this morning? Yes. Yes, it is. 7.15, bright and early. (laughs) (laughs) what's the weather like down there i have to say i remember and i don't normally ask the weather but i always remember the weather it was the thing that you know people would say to me it's like four seasons in a day and i was like oh whatever and then i live there we did have a few days that were like that a little bit earlier in summer we've had some pretty like high 20s sort of dipping into 30s this summer but you know if and then we've been followed with rain so it's been a bit everywhere (laughs) i think that's kind of what's happening everywhere across the globe a lot of my friends so my texan friends if you guys get to see this huge love to you right now because i know a lot of them are without power and snow has hit hard i i saw some of the photos from my gorgeous girlfriend's house and I have never seen snow like that in Austin, Texas. That's just crazy. So we are living in some pretty interesting times. Welcome, 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 welcome to the decision table. We are here just having conversation. I'm so excited to have you here because I haven't seen you for ages, by the way. So it's really nice to catch up. Like, (laughs) how's the family? Are they doing all right? The family is doing well. I am now uncle to five very soon, six nephews. So, you know, the the Inglesos tribe has expanded somewhat. Oh, my Um, gosh. And it was already big already, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Uh, For context, everyone, I'm the second of five boys. So, you know, there's... um, And they're they're, all boys. We were driving a Tarago before they were were a popular people mover. I was going to say, you're not going to say cool, because I don't know that Taragos have ever got cool, right? No, I was very glad for like the double air conditioning, the air con that worked (laughs) as powerfully in the midsection at the front, but anyway. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, mum and dad are keeping well. The world has been a little bit in the air because of covid there needed to be some house selling and moving. I saw location. that. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. So I think that mum and dad are very due soon to sort of put their feet up and go for a little. But otherwise, things have been really good, thankfully. Yeah. Well, huge love to them. And like mm. I said, I'm excited you're here on the table. We've been having conversations with amazing humans, awesome humans, I call it, across the globe. And I think, you know, one of the amazing things is that you know, we come with different perspectives and, you know, we've had different lenses that we look through on the table and our lens uh, on January was all around white paper that I'm writing, which is the need for a new approach to leadership. I really believe there is, there's time for something to change across the leadership landscape. And so that uh, we had an amazing conversations throughout January. And then this month, Our lens that we're looking through is the lens of what I think is the importance of the muscle of human intelligence. And so for me, what that really truly means is the data we have as a human, whether that's from, you know, maybe it's how our brain is wired, our intelligence that we have through the academic side of us, whether it's through the decision DNA of how we've wired ourselves into it through environment, maybe even today looking through the lens of the creative side of us and going, how do we become more you know, intelligent? How do we exercise that muscle? What does that look like? But also, I think, what are some of the things stopping us 
from using the creative side of us. And then you said an interesting piece, and I really do want to address it, and I've got it right here because I didn't want to change your words. I wanted to use your words. And you said in school the teacher would ask a question and I counted to five before I put my hand up. I don't know how much of that I've lost over the years, but I was bullied for my intelligence. We have to go there. Mm. Tell us more about that piece. Sure. So so my mum and dad are both teachers in their own right. Dad teaches the numbers and the accounting stuff and mum teaches or was teaching English and literature. And so I, I had that set into me like fairly early on and not in some rigorous way, but in the sense that there was a love for learning. And particularly as far as if you were going to talk about the narrative of home life, there was this idea of let's have conversation. Yes, you know, it's not just a world of eat your greens. It's a world of, well, you know, here's how we see it, but let's discuss it. You know, everything's open. And so I feel really grateful for at least, you know, shout out to my mum and dad for raising us to be curious minded and wanting to see the way something worked and to argue, you know, could it be better? And so when I was within an academic environment, because I was there being engaged, you didn't have to convince me when a teacher was presenting information that the, what they were saying was important. That was my premise. Yeah. And so, you know, whereas, you know, these days, or not these days, but I think that there was at least, you know, some of the class that would be sort of going, oh, this subject's boring. My friend calls it scholastic apathy. You know, if, if, <laughs> I if, love if, people that. Are, if people are already switched off and it's like, well, the other part that needs to be done is, you know, prove to me that I should be engaged, prove to me I should be on the edge of my seat, whereas I was already sold out. Mm. And so in that respect, I think that, I was considered conscientious and I wanted to show up to class and I wanted to be there because the world is full of possibilities. That's the stuff that's exciting for me. Mm. Um, To the point of bullying, it just sort of meant that like because I knew that I had questions and because my brain is going king um, at all these different things, I want to follow a train of thought and I want to see where something goes. But there are other people that might not be necessarily wanting to give rise to that sort of curiosity and that what if and so i think that i had to at least for my own sense of you know fitting in had to be oh okay i know that you have questions but give someone else a chance ah did you find that held you back did you keep growing that quietly on the side were you like how did that develop for you I feel like it shifted for me. So one of the things that happened is that I moved schools in grade six. And so at the beginning of high school, I was heading into a year where I was considered, you know, quite academic as far as the maths things were concerned. I was put in an extension program. And during that time, our family had a car accident. We were we were rear-ended in car ride whiplash for two weeks. Everyone was okay, but I had these two weeks of like basically laying around and sort of going, I still have all these numbers going through my head while I'm trying to solve these problems. John, why don't you have any friends? Um, and so yeah. part of me sort of started going, well, I can keep doing what I'm doing or I need to shift. And so I think that I started slowly dialing down that part of my brain, spent more time yeah. really trying to learn how to relate to people better. And I think that I gave more uh, at that point in time, I think I started giving more rise to my creativity and yeah. sort of how can we in theater, there's a game called Yes, Let's. How do we do more of Yes, Let's? Someone has a suggestion. They're like, oh, yes, yes, and. And yes, less. Yes. So that's. Oh my gosh, this is such interesting conversation because I relate. You do not realize how much I relate to this. So, oh. firstly, the intelligence side, the side that you dialed down, mm. have you picked that up and dialed it back up now? I feel, in some respects, yes. Yeah. Part of what I do at the moment is, well, I'm a poet and I'm a spoken word present. And the work that I've been doing to sort of help fund my uh, fund the art yes. um, has been in sales and customer service and such and so I worked at Apple for a couple of years and JB Hi-Fi and these places and it was established that I was good with people because I'm actually listening to them and so I turned my interest mm. towards I, I think that I developed more empathy because I wasn't just 
paying attention to my inside yes. world. I'm sort of going, okay, let's turn that attention to the world around us. Let's see where the lines are connecting. Yeah. But here's the problem, and I think there is a problem that we need that intelligent side of you just as we do of other human beings, right? Like I feel in a lot of ways those that are smart, those that think different, those that have a brain that is going firing off in all cylinders all the time, right? Hence, I relate to that piece. You know, often we have to dumb that down so that we can then communicate. But really, how do we not dumb that down? Use it because I think there's so easy right now with humanity for us not to think for ourselves, but mm. to be like sort of, you know, like let the systems make our decision or let yeah, the government yeah. leaders choose what our world is going to look like or, uh, you know, those around us decide for us even though within humans there is such intelligence and i think you know there's one interesting thing that you also said on the in the comments when we were having that conversation was the tall poppy syndrome you see if others are smart there's a lot of people that'll pull that smartness down and that's why i wanted to kind of have this conversation because i think it's so easy to step down rather than to step up or bring people up to that. And what I'm trying to do with the work that I'm doing right now is go, I really want us as humans to think for ourselves, to exercise the muscle of human intelligence, because I actually believe it's a secret advantage for us to function the most effectively we can when we actually can think for ourselves, use that data to be more effective. But I think that it's really easy to come back to where the majority are yeah. And maybe not, you know, bring those on because you brought up a great insight there, which I've seen so much is that sometimes because we're so intense, sometimes because we think, you know, at this level, it's really hard then to communicate to those that may not think that way. And so we have to bring that back. And I'm sure that's what you're starting to do or have been doing through the, the spoken word. Yeah. Uh, would you say that's that's right? Absolutely. So, I mean, one of the things that I said about telling people when I go out to, you know, when I go out to schools, so I go and do presentation things around poetry now. My belief is that everyone has a garden inside their heart and the way in which we're feeding those things is, you know, is through the our engagement with the world. And I don't, I mean, people might say, you know, that the mind is all up here, but I, I think there's both that's going on. And so I would offer that the example that I have is, you know, the way in which a, a memory can hit a person and sort of, you know, you can be taken back, you know, 20 years just by a word or a line in a song, that kind of thing that can go, oh, I remember all of a sudden I'm, I'm you know, back, yeah. in there, you know, mm. and so our minds are, you know, very, very rich. Our hearts are very, very rich places. You know, I tell in one of the stories that I tell that, you know, there's a room inside my heart where the 16-year-old version of me has never stopped laughing, you know. Mm -hmm. There's lines from songs that we can recount, you know, even if we haven't heard them, you know, if they come on the radio, we know them straight away. So I think that I feel like part of it is that there's this aspect of recollection of memory and joining of those dots that people need to be giving, people need to be giving time to and not just pushing aside. To actually yeah. allow these things as they come up to sort of go, oh, if I trace that, where does it go back to it or where does it go forward to? But beyond that, I also think that it has to, people ought to be considering what is the story that they are holding for themselves and for the world to be true. And so for myself, I suppose that, you know, when I was growing up, you had this dual narrative of, you know, my parents raising me. Uh, within a faith framework where they say, you know, life has inherent value and, you know, yes, there is struggle, but be hopeful and, you know, and believe that everything, you know, eventually comes to good. And then you have, you know, this worldly narrative of, you know, too tall, too smart, too much, not enough, you know, yeah. and all these other things. And so there are these choices that people need to be making about when I step out into the day, what story am I choosing to live? Mm. Yeah. So as you step out in your day, what story are you choosing to live? Well, right at the moment, I to be honest, and we didn't. We That's didn't all go we do here is be honest. 
Um, this is what there's no there's no judgment on this literally on this table. Like I think that this is why it's important we're having these conversations because you know I think there's so much more context to why you live and what you think and how you're thinking. So you know. So jump in. Yeah. Basically, I was I was doing carers work. I was an NDIS uh, disability support worker. Yeah, know um, all about that. Yeah. For, for 2019, and I had some really really wonderful clients, and then I um and then I said about burning out. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I had some assessments. They said, John, you're only getting three hours of sleep. The wow. your brain is working too hard in the evening, and your heart and your liver aren't getting a chance to relax. Um, so I think that 2019 was me discovering my threshold. 2020 has been discovering my capacity again. Oh. Um, so currently in my day, I, I'm heading out there and sort of going, well, what do I have the energy for, and what is this? What is mm-hmm. the small good that I can do today? How might I be I encouraged? That. Or, you know, I feel like there are times when people absolutely have the energy to, you know, go, that's the mountain, I'm going to climb it, you know, and that yeah. kind of get up and go. And then there are other times when I feel like the time that I'm in at the moment is how am I cultivating the earth in front of me now? Yeah. And, wow. and so I, I feel like, you know, bless the type A people that want to, you know, go I made you one of those. <laughs> Um, bless you all. No judgment. No, 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 not at all. Not at all. Um, bless those people. And because my physical and my mental capacity at the moment is for less, I am choosing a level of action that is still cultivating, but is slower or is more at earth level rather than aiming for the stars. I love that because I think that actually that is smartness. That's us. That's you realizing what you can do, can't do. And I think that this is a real conversation that we need to talk around is the whole thing of, you know, brain fatigue. I think just like everything, when you've got intelligence, you've got to, you know, just like any muscle, at times stretch it, at times work it. But there's times we need to rest it to give it recovery. And I don't think we talk about that enough. You know, there's a lot of mental health issues going around right now because, mm. A, I believe that we are on Zooms all the time. So all of a sudden we're inside, we're on the screen. I have to wear these things now because I get really yeah. sore eyes we're, otherwise. We're stagnant and sitting and, you know, that right? that's changing our body types and our posture, the whole thing. Yeah. I, you know, I, I had a conversation with a friend of mine, a, single mum, very successful, you know, six-figure mm. salary, all this thing. And she says, I feel numb, John, like what's going oh. on? Mm. And, you know, like very, you know, by all measures, climbing the mountain and doing really, really well. Mm. And so I said to them, you know, well, and so I, I return with the premise, your heart is a garden. If all you're doing is planting potatoes, then it's not a garden anymore, it's a farm. Mm. And so what are you doing to plant roses? Like where are the things that you're doing in your life that are for rest, that are for play, that are for joy? And so, you know, I I ask young people now when I go into schools, like what is your language of imagination? What's the thing that makes you come alive in you? I can't tell you that answer. Society and, you know, social media can't tell you that answer. That's something that's been planted in you. What are you doing to cultivate that seed? you know yeah. and so that's it's interesting you bring that piece up because one of the things that i have really enjoyed over the last little while this year like literally this year i mean i was doing it a little bit but it became priority every day for me to do and that was to ha- curate a space where i literally work on a project that is more like a sustainable project so it's not like it just needs to be done tomorrow. It's often the thing that you might put off because you go, oh, I've never got the time, but I need to do this. And it's fun and it's innovative. I have this space where I'm literally innovating. So I've got pencils, I've got eraser, I've got my paper, and Mm. I just get back to my creative side. And I think that we, because I realize it's, it's, you know, you bring up this interesting point about capacity. One of the things that I get to work with is a lot of global leaders who are, we are literally working with extremes. And so sometimes there is that hard potato sort of grounding in there, making those potatoes happen. But I saw last year, I saw a lot of leaders, myself included, by the end of the year, we were shattered. 
There was nothing left in the tank. And I go, you know what? This year's not going to be a hell of a lot different from that. Like seriously. So how do we sustain this? What does it need to look like for me personally to be able to do this well and keep refueling as I'm doing the journey? And so one of the things that I did was curate the space and become more innovative in the design and the fun part of me that I often don't prioritize, even though it is kind of like a priority because that's part of who I am and it refuels me and it actually creates the next piece. So one of those things that I'm doing because of that is I'm about to run my first incubator growth cycle. And really what I want to do is work with some smart people who want to work on a project. Yeah. And so we work through it, but in more of the creative style, not just building it like it's got to be about the growth and the and the global aspect of impact but it's also got to bring that fun back in it's got to bring that creative side of it it's got to bring all those pieces that we don't down one because it's not acceptable but we go how do we bring those pieces and bring them to the table and start playing in the space where we're allowed to actually use all of those and I think that that's where we've got to get a little bit different in how we do what we're doing going forward. You know, like how do we bring the fun back into the, you know, the playing table and, and how do we also enjoy and refuel throughout the journey as we continue to go forward? What's that look like for you? On the spectrum of social engagement, I think that I'm more chronic extrovert than introvert, which makes lockdown difficult, but there it is. Oh, my Um, gosh. For myself, I think that I've taken some time to recognize what is my refueling. And so being around people, having conversation that isn't surrounded by, you know, like loud soundtrack overhead kind of thing, getting to do one-on-one like this for me is replenish heading out and being in nature and you know i i now live close to the coast and i've i've never lived basically you know like Mm. and so there are ways and times in which i am taking for myself recognizing like you're saying that this is refuel you know this is time that this is time where yes there will be a season and a moment for me to outpour and to output but what is what is my replenish and top up so i find that with faith with family uh with being creative, with, you know, sometimes it's even just, you know, watching comedy on Netflix, there'll be these little things to change gears and there'll be these little things to to service things to help me get along further because I can't just look at the task and say with enough grit, that's all I need. You know, it's like willpower is great, but you also need your people who are going to support you, the things that are going to fuel you, the, the places yeah. where you can rest. And so, you know, I, I wrote up a, you know, a question series around basically becoming like a, like a game character, like Mario. I was like, cool, you know, what's, Mario. What, what, what are the cherries along the path? You know, where are your level yeah. ups? You know, these sorts of things. Oh, I love and that. So, and, and so for myself, I think that I'm recognizing what sort of rhythms are good for me, at least during a day to day. There are other people that like to think of things in terms of a month or a week and what's going to be. An appropriate like where's my where's my sabbath where's my where's my stop yeah. and rest day you know those sorts of things i don't think it's prescriptive for everyone but i think that everyone should take some time to be doing some reflection on what's going to be good for them in that yeah um, yeah i so agree with you on that and i think you know it's really easy to just keep doing what everyone else is doing in that way and just it's sort of like get in that rat race of life, right? And I think that one of the things that this pandemic has done has allowed humanity to slow down, mm. whether you wanted to or not. Mm. And and I think interesting enough, like you said, you're a, what did you say, something extrovert? like Chronic extrovert. Chronic extrovert. So take the other extreme i'm the other end like i'm a i'm a major 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 introvert but i have a big vision beyond me and so because of that people see me and go there's no way you're an introvert no i just don't let my outside world determine who i'm going to be because i go my impact 
is meant to be greater than than what I, I and, and for me introvert is actually there's a lot of limitations to it there's a lot of goodness to it but there are a lot of limitations to it if you let it yeah so talking to a new person having a conversation isn't actually always easy for me and yet I'm really good at it because I've worked hard on that muscle I've worked hard mm. to be able to do mm. it right yeah um I don't and know. I'm sure that there are a lot of people who are grateful that you're taking the time to, you know, run this session and get people thinking about these mm. things. I really like that there's a there's a gentleman called Jeff Crabtree and he, him and his wife. Oh, yes, I know who he is. Sydney. Yeah. yeah. So Jeff ran a mm. book called Living with the Creative Mind. And that one of the best images in this wow. book, I, I still need to get all the way through it, but it's this multiple sort of signpost image of recognizing what is the person's ideal setup and mm. so you know there are some people that they're, they're the thing that will energize them will be you know put me in a room where i can throw around paint and have five canvases on the go and mm. dial up the music and bop around and and that will be there that their sounds place. cool i like that, that. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there might be that end of the spectrum that wants the mess and the flurry and the collaboration and then there are other people whose space of of genius or, or best sort of creative output is you know a quiet room a typewriter a clear desk the children gone for the day you know and that kind of thing so here and was the crazy thing just i gotta interrupt when please. you said throw it all on there i was like really excited and then you go oh but there's gonna be lots of people there okay now i want out of that room <laughs> <laughs> and, and then you and go to the quiet room and i was like okay what would i do with a quiet room what would i you know so yeah. isn't that bizarre so sorry, and, yes, keep going. No, 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 but but this is just it. Like even when I talk about that, you already mm. have the, yes, I'm turned on by that, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> and so the fact that you're recognising, you know, if your life was a set of, you know, up and down sort of sound mm. desk dials, that there are some things that you could play with ideally that you'd really, really yeah. settle into and then there'd be other things that would feel like, oh, this is a struggle. You know, I walk in now to a place like the Apple Store. I worked there for two years. I walk in now, I have no idea how I did it. Absolutely none. Because there's thousands of people coming and going every day. Mm. And I love people, but there's so much environmental noise, noise around it yeah. is too much for me to still process. So in that respect, you know, even just sort of going, okay, what are going to be, you know, what's going to be the ideal time of day? What's going to be the ideal space for me? If we are going to brainstorm how to, you know, level up in the world, where is that space of meeting that's going to be ideal for the most people? You know, do we all need to go for a walk or do we need to be in a mountaintop retreat? I don't know, you know. This is interesting because about. this is interesting because in a lot of ways you're talking about you as an individual and saying, well, this is what I need. How do we now make, because one of the things that I'm seeing and one of the things through these conversations that I'm really pulling on as an insight is this, this whole conversation around, and I, so here's the, I'll backtrack. Before we were on shutdown, I was traveling the world, as you know, you know, like traveling across the globe. And one of the things I saw and began writing about as my insight and really something that became true to my work was that I saw isolation was creating a, and I called it an epidemic amongst, and at first it began leadership and then I saw it as just across humanity. And then the flipping pandemic hit the world after a year and a half of me writing about this. And all of a sudden, we're really in isolation and it became more of a hot topic out there. Here's the problem when we become, so we, I love the fact that you're all aware around the individual, but the problem is that we're becoming a lot of individuals. And I said, out of my insights and my writing, I said the solution to isolation was collaboration. And I really, truly believe it is collaboration. I believe that as a global human race, that if we join together as forces, we will be much stronger. We'll be able to support each other better. We'll be able to refuel together rather than as separate going, oh, I've got to refuel over here. Yes, I know there's moments when you, trust me, there are moments when you want to do it on your own and you need to. As an introvert, I so get that piece. Yeah. Yeah. But I actually think as a global space that we need to get better at being collaborative. 
how do we do that when, like you said, there's this outside noise? And and I get it. I've got kids on spectrum and outside noise is very, I'm very aware of outside noise and how that can really impact a lot of people. Yeah. And and in fact, nowadays, it even it impacts me because I'm so used to being so in my office space that I don't have all that outside noise. So when I go into it now, I really, really, really hear it. I was always aware of it because of my kids, but now I've become peak aware of it because it annoys me, right? Because I'm not mm. used to it anymore. Mm. How do we go from these little needing to refuel pockets to be able to be at best us and to turn up and then get more into the thinking of maybe collaborative? So the um, I don't know whose phrase it is, but yeah, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Yeah. I don't know who's one, but it's one of those ones. I know, smart person, whoever it was. I get it. Smart person, smart person. <laughs> Thanks, Aesop, wherever you are. Don't yeah. need to pay yeah, copyright exactly. anymore. The, um, one of the things that's been stirring. Oh my goodness, my... this person keeps walking through, but like, come uh, here for a second. Oh, photo bombing. There Hello. we go. How you doing there? Exactly. Yeah, How you doing? You, but anyway, I can see you. He can see you. Yeah, um, <laughs> bro, I miss you. It's been <laughs> a long time. Love to family. And yeah, on behalf of the Inglesuses, on behalf of all the Inglesuses, hello and much love. On behalf of everyone on the family, much love. Thanks, dude. Yeah. Hey, I'm sorry to be rushing. I've got to make Ethan's medicine and jump on a webinar. So I'm going to bounce. It's okay. We are live, so it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my world. That's great. Appearance mm. fees. No, it's great. It's the, right. um, <laughs> so the thing that I've been trying to, the metaphor that I've been engaging with recently, mm. the idea of there is a version of me that exists at home in my me space, and yes. then there is a version of me in the marketplace in the us space. Mm. And so within you know, and so the example of this that I tell people is like at home I can kick around in boxer shorts, I can turn up my music however loud I want it to be, and I can be as loud or as messy as I want to be. But when I go into the workplace, when I go into the marketplace, my us version of John can't just be wearing boxes, you know. <laughs> like um, it could I be a little tricky. It could be a little tricky. I would be mm. offending someone, and so Maybe. part of me working out like okay, or exciting well, someone depends who you're. <laughs> <laughs> the um i don't think i've met those people anyway oh, okay the, um, no worries back to it yes the, uh, um but at any rate the version i i recognize that when i go out into the marketplace i need to work out okay how do i become a version of me that is still myself but is considerate that is considerate to the other people that i'm engaging with and considerate to myself and so I've been learning, okay, well, when I do poetry, for example, someone says, you only have 15 minutes, I can set myself 10, you know, to sort of perform. And then five, I'm just going to allocate as breathing space. I'm not always going to wear the hat. And so when I'm around people and I'm doing performances, people feel like, oh, yeah, I really feel like I arrived. Oh, you really brought us home. You know, I was doing these things within the marketplace that made people feel at home. and. And I don't think that's necessarily done with programs and with structures. I believe that's done with genuine heart attitude and by wishing to say, well, I've spoken and I can speak at you, but now I actually want to listen too, you know. Yeah, that's the thing yeah. that's relevant for my space. But, yeah, I feel like other people would have their version of that if, if I'm in the workplace and, and, and I'm in my space of influence, where how do I show that I have more than one speed? Okay, so I've got to talk about this because I find this conversation really interesting because here's the thing. For so long, I felt like I had to be this perfect person, do it this way, this is how I needed to do it. And then when I did it that way, you kind of almost accepted me, but I felt there was a huge part of me that you didn't understand. I didn't yeah. get to bring to the table. I then really, and I remember even starting with my business, I started as a, okay, I'm a woman, I'll work with women entrepreneurs, we'll start building businesses, right? Like this, because everyone goes, all right, well, you're really good at workplace balance. So I'm like, you know, and talking about balance and, and how that works. And, and I was like, okay, I can do that. Do you know how boring it was when I began that way and working? I No offense to any woman entrepreneurs, but like it was not my jam. I was like, oh, my goodness, we're trying to work through the same thing 
a year later that we've been trying to work on like to me that's there are great people out there that can do the coaching and the consulting that way it's not my jam so mm. I began going oh I don't really want to be in leadership but I know I'm really drawn into leadership and here's the thing I didn't like leadership because I didn't like where leadership was heading and then I started challenging myself and going okay so if you don't like where it's heading maybe you should be in there to help to bring change there so that Maybe you will love leadership and you'll love where it's heading. And I was like, oh, that's a little light bulb on my head. And I started going down that venture, right? Then yeah. it was like not just leadership, but the global leadership space. And I was like, whatever, that's so not me. I've never been in there. I have no idea. You know what? It was so easy for me to go into that space and begin to talk to people in that space. And I realized for the first time ever, Going back to the intelligence side, I could talk at the level that I was in my head, actually out to humans, and they got me. And I was like, wow, this is kind of good fun. But then mm. here was the thing. I have got this thing that I don't ever want to leave people behind. If you are willing to learn, if you're willing to want to step it up and take it to a different level, then I want to bring you on. So I had to then go, but I'm talking about things up here and then I've got to go back to kind of like where I was the, the woman entrepreneurs here. And it, I mean, it was beyond women entrepreneurs. It was just, you know, leaders and, and stuff like that. But I was like, I feel like I'm, I'm a split personality. I get to be this person over here. I love this person. And over here, I've got to be this person here. And I was like, I don't want to do that. I don't believe you get the best when I do that. So how do I bring a message that can be talk at this extreme over here, so at top decision tables or at the face line of humanity and be able to bridge that gap and be able to actually be about everything that I am and be who I am and turn up who I am, right? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. so if I felt like wearing boxes outside, I would wear boxes outside. So here's an example, like it's a really random one, but I was on a conversation yesterday and someone said to me that they were, I saw beanies as someone who was dodgy. And I go, I've never even thought of that. I've worn beanies, I've worn bandanas, I've worn headpieces all my life. I just love it. And there was a time where I didn't do it because it wasn't so cool or the thing to do say in corporate or in in the business world and then I thought but if I'm to be true and to turn up to who I am then I need to be that in everything that I do and so hence the beanie today I was like okay this is the day for a beanie because like <laughs> I love wearing beanies I'm not dodgy yeah. For the record, anyone listening, anyone listening to the replay, I'm not dodgy, but I love to wear beanies. So here's the thing. I think it's interesting you can put these two. I couldn't do that. Like I couldn't be that John. Well, I can't be John anyway, but you know what I mean? Like I can't be that John and then that John. I'm Carrie mm. I'm Marie and you get me the same. I mean, you've seen me off screen to on screen. This is me. Like, I'm just me. And I think yes. that too often we've had to become what everyone else has wanted us to become rather than using. And for us, that God-given, the God-given design in us to use it to the most effectiveness that we're meant to be and bring our purpose and and whatever that is in, in life and into to use it for good and change into whatever it is, you know? Yeah. So, I, I mean, feel very I, strongly about this because I went I, on a journey on this, right? And, and that's just it. Like I feel like there are times when, you know, what, what has served your purpose initially, you know, going out and doing the women entrepreneurs that might have served for a season and then it's like, no, 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 it's not that. It's a global I don't know market. if I really did, actually. <laughs> well, at any, No, at I'm any, sure it did, actually. I'm sure I, it I think it's incredible. Like part of, so I'm part of the Melbourne spoken word community. Shout out to yeah. any of my friends that are watching any today. But the thing of within that space, one of the things if you're going to talk about expectations is that when I go along to open mic nights, that's the one where they sort of go, here's your three to five minutes, bring whatever. We're just that's here to crazy. receive. 
Mm. One of the things that happens is that a lot of people feel like they need to bring the turkey is what I call it. And it's where they it's like, I've only got three minutes, but I've been thinking really hard about this huge thing and boom, here it is on the table. And within those spaces and particularly in competitive space, I was seeing people that were doing up these epic, epic pieces, cramming it all into three minutes. And, and by the end of it, everyone feels like, man, that's a lot of turkey around the table. And then I walk in and I brought frog in a pond or, or fairy bread and people are like, wow, I haven't had this flavor in so long. Isn't this, you know, isn't this wonderful? So that's what I think ingratiated me to people is I was reading what else is on the table at this moment? And so what is appropriate for me to bring? I recognize that my offerings, it would be a very, I'll go back the step and say, if everyone always expected me and I expected of myself to always bring the turkey, I would be a very, very tired chef. And yeah. it wouldn't be true to me. I had an event where I was being asked to present the title piece of my book, If the World Were Upside Down, and I, and I wanted to bring this very, very happy what if kind of, TEDx talk kind of piece but a friend of mine had passed away and and so I I had arrived at this gig in tears I was driving there in tears and I knew that I had to perform I said look I can't do the happy happy piece today I'm going to do something different and so part of giving myself the honesty and permission to be real with my audience and authentic at that moment was to say no today is not a happy day for me this is what I'm going to bring instead I'm still blessing that but this is the flavor. And Mm. so I feel like, you know, we're not going to have learned anything from last year if we go straight into 2021 with this idea of the world is going to be exactly, we're ready to do exactly the same flavor and everyone's going to be able to, you know, get back up to fifth gear again. I feel like instead we really should be giving space for team members, employees, colleagues, creatives and saying, where are you at? What is still in your pantry? What can we pull together here? And if you were to bring something, you know, when I've hosted events before, I will ask the person who's performing, what can you give us that would bless us at the moment? I give them no other rules, you know, aside Mm -hmm. from time frame, I'll say, Mm -hmm. well, what would be a blessing for you at the moment? What would be a blessing for us? Bring that. It makes the room so much richer. To your point of journey of like, taking people who are you know there are some people at the start of their journey and there are other people who are you know well and truly established i've been learning for myself that i'm i'm not a frontline fighter i'm a water boy you know i sit on the sidelines and i I say you're doing a great job you know kind of thing but i i I recognize that there are times for me to be in the front line to be you know putting a foot down and planting Mm -hmm. a flag but you know my my role in the collective ecosystem is to be an encourager and to be asking, hey, how are you going? And so, you know, yes, yes, I can do these other skills, but they're not my natural place. My natural but, place is... But we need people like you in the collective that are, like you say, encouraging. Because, like, you know, you brought up an interesting thing when we did have that conversation around the tall poppy syndrome. Mm, mm. If there's one thing I'd love to eliminate here in Australia, it's the tall poppy syndrome. Well, to that point, you know, it, it's... If we were going to jump in about that, I would say that. So the reason I bring that up, just for context of where you were at, because I think that it segues into it, is the fact that tall poppy syndrome isn't about encouraging one another, isn't about having, you know, going, hey, you're doing awesome. I'm here. I'm backing you. Keep doing your great job. Like that is not a norm, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because the tall poppy syndrome is the thing where people – Pull people down That's if right. you're doing well. And so, you know, it's the um, the idea of there is no opposite word for podium. Um, mm. If someone is up on a podium and someone feels like they are not, the cheapest gesture is to grab and pull down. Is it a podium <laughs> or is that like is it a platform they have? And I yeah. think that's where we we put people up and is that us putting people up, not them putting themselves up? I think that we have created a society where the the person who speaks first is the monkey or the heretic or the or the something that is uh, unacceptable. It's like get back in line, get back in line. The amount of shame I see in schools these days where I say, Any uh, questions, anyone? And they look around going, Am I allowed to ask? It's like, dude, I'm oh, telling you, I'm giving yes. you the permission, you know? And so it's part of creating that safety of space and part of 
you know, I mean, I'm going to, I can talk about education and then other things, you know, to foster a culture where, where it is okay to say, I am learning rather than oh, I know. I love that. To foster a culture where, where people can say, what if, and mm-hmm. it actually genuinely be taken under advisement and actually thought about rather than saying, well, this is the system, the system has always worked, you know, to, there need to be spaces where I got told what a creative is. If humanity is just a long line of people from one line of the horizon all the way to the other, a creative person is someone who is in that queue that steps out of line for a moment, looks around, says something, does something, and then steps back in the line. (laughs) And that's what creativity essentially is. There are some people that are doggedly against being in the line of people and and their version of creativity is to be as rebellious and loud and and ostentatious as they care to be. But I think that the reason why clowns have existed in societies or just as a jokers or whatever have been as a means of asking what if on behalf of the people who don't feel like they've had permission to ask. And so, my, you know, as a poet, my job is to put into words what other people haven't been able to put into words. Mm. I recognize now when I look back on the bullying at school and pull down was mm-hmm. that I wasn't just speaking on my own behalf. If I was asking a question in a classroom, chances were three or four other people had the same exactly. question but didn't have the confidence to speak it, you know. And so if we can have an environment that is not going to make someone feel dumb for not speaking, not going to make them yeah. feel dumb, but, you know, but to be able to say, you know, so when I go into school spaces these days, you know, I will tell people you change the room just by being in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to, it doesn't have to be done loudly and it doesn't have to be done with silence. This thing is a dance. We are all adding our flavors. I am I richer that. for getting, I am richer for receiving your flavor. It's mm. a privilege to be led into someone else's world. So let's meet and let's do this. And so, you know, even as a And facilitator- to me, that's the true heart of collaboration, mm. what you're just speaking about. Yeah. And so in that respect, if, if ecosystems are built with this idea of, and I mean, I've worked in both, you know, where mm. the director has the vision, they pass the vision onto others, other people feel that commission or yeah. vision. That is great when people can step into that environment. They say, look, you know, you're a photographer. All I know, all I need is a photo that's shaped like this. Great. Go out and do it. Set those clear parameters and go. But I'd also enjoy the spaces where people say, look, we've got a mood board. Just have a play. But here's, here's roughly the sound space. Here's the time signature now improv. And so I feel like if people, businesses, leaders, global, influencers can be saying right well if we can recognize what is the structure that we're setting for people how do we mix that up what would be what would a mix up look like so that other people yeah that'll be i think that that will be a really really rich thing for people it isn't always done with um you know butcher's paper and, and free for all but i've really enjoyed for myself as a writer i've really enjoyed it when people have said here is not just here is a blank page fill it they've said here's an opening line or here's an opening sentiment or thought follow that trail and see where you end up i you know i feel like for me that's an incredible gift give and i feel like when we can give people that permissive space to be able to say here are some parameters you're still safe and you're still held Mm. But play, you can't get it wrong. I think we'd be amazed at what gets offered in those sorts of in, those sorts of environments. Beautifully, Beautifully said. said. Okay, so, okay, so I um, want to give you the space for uh, give us some spoken word. Okay, how much time do we have? The um, <laughs> I will... I know you can do it within three to five minutes. So okay. like, bring it three to five. That's great. I'm going to give my signature piece if that's okay. Perfect. Um, this is a piece called Sunday Lunch from Memory. Mm. It's a piece that we were told to tell a story of family, but in the form of a recipe. So this is, I think, kind of relating to what we've been speaking about anyway. Perfect. But, um, but here it is. Ingredients, two parents, five sons, one yaya and bapu, grandma and grandpa, mm. one old house in Albert Park, one red Mitsubishi Nimbus. Method. There should be no method to making Sunday lunch. There's variation and nuance, of course, but the key ingredients remain the same. Mayaya used to say, metomati, 
by the eye. It was how she made all of her meals without measuring. Metomati, metomati. So you prepare the boys. Iron shirt and pants, comb hair, brush teeth. Last toilet visits is everybody out. <laughs> Two parents load five sons into a red Mitsubishi Nimbus. We sit and stew in Sunday traffic, listening to Beatles, Beethoven, Billy Joel, or we sing our own songs. Arrive in Albert Park, just down the road from St Kilda, based in fresh, nearly beachside air. Push open the iron gate, wind the doorbell, wait, wait, wind again. Peep through the mailbox slot to see before lumbering up to the door. Be greeted with a scratchy kiss at a sprinkling of your best limited Greek. Esi, gala, are you well? Gala, if got his store, well, thank you. Sagapo, papo, I love you. Sagapo, yanaki mo. Kick off the shoes, run down the fi- run down the corridor, pass the radiator, fireplace, and football playing on the television. Greet Yaya with as much affection as she can handle with cooking implements still in hand. Prepare customary Sunday afternoon drink. Mix one part apple juice with one part Tarax plain lemonade, thus making homemade apple cider. This is the nectar of kings, or at least beloved grandsons. Prepare the table. Long knives for the adults, short knives for us. Squeak back wooden chair across lino flooring. Admire Yaya's crocheted handmade tablecloth she made without a design, protected under a thick sheet of plastic as only Greeks can do. Call in Bapu, leave Sunday afternoon football to crackle and pop on the television, hold hands, say grace, kick brotherly knees under the table, soak in everything, pass that bread basket, that margarine brand that doesn't exist anymore, fill the plate with as much as you can, roast chicken, roast beef, roast potatoes, Sunday lunch is ready because the whole room smells like roast potatoes. Every Sunday when we are there, my papu eats too fast. He hiccups and tells himself off, muttering under his breath, ah, shut up. (laughs) Every Sunday lunch, I swear. And we laugh because we're just kids. So have seconds always there's always room for more always offer to do the dishes always thank you yeah with a kiss always she's had two knee reconstructions and she still refuses not to make lunch for us i am a child laying across the floor in front of the radiator fireplace my small fingers tracing every surface in front of me the curved wooden leg of the coffee table the intricate leaf pattern woven into the carpet Maya brings out a glass jar full of chocolate covered hazelnuts the perfect dessert Afghanistoya, thank you you see we are fed by far more than what we can eat Light streams through lace curtains, lighting my babu's hair thin and white, my yaya's hair thin and grey and so curly, I am looking at a picture on the wall. It's a cottage, surrounded by tall trees, standing by still waters. I don't know where it's from. I think it must be heaven. This place here is heaven. I am so safe. I am so full. I doze off gently, warmly, to the sound of my grandparents sitting overhead, speaking quietly in Greek. I cannot understand a word they are saying, and now I wish I did. I miss them. But I remember all of it. Sunday lunch from memory. Metomati, by the eye. We are so loved. We are so loved. We are loved without measure. Mm. Thank you. Mm. Thank that's you. Not, wow. That's the power of memory. Mm. That's the power of imagination and spaces where people are invited home. I When I perform that piece, I tell people, paint your words over, paint your images over my words. Mm-hmm. Mm. wow amazing like seriously amazing firstly if people want to know more about you where do they get to find out more about you sure so there'd be a couple of places that you'd find me as a poet john e poetry will bring up my instagram and my facebook on youtube i am john inglesos i am doing a program called the speaker journey 
which is about helping people tell their stories and tell themselves better. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's a five-week program that, I, that I'm taking people through pre- presently. It is via Zoom, but hopefully in person at some point if you're in Melbourne. But failing that, yeah, just I would encourage you just, you know, get, creating space for yourself to sort of work out, you know, where am I at and what am I, what am I making and what am I doing? And then what might my offering be from that place? The, organi- the organization that I'm a part of, I'll also mention this if I may, mm-hmm. Kiri. The, um, of course, organ- of course. The organization that I'm a part of, um, or one of the many, but one of them is called Made to Create, and it's about helping people thrive in their inherent creativity. So uh, I'm part of the core team with that, and the workshops that, that they've been running um, and the gatherings that they do when we have been able to do them have been really, really beautiful times. And and, and it is that replenishment that you're talking about. So if you are in Melbourne or if you are interested in those, please uh, look up those. Yeah, thank you so much. I I know our time is running out. Um, Well, it's actually run out, but I do ask a question of everyone. And I want to say first, because I'm busting to say it, but for me, what I'm taking from our conversation today is literally just the fact that creativity creates experience as well and I just think that um, sometimes we forget in what we're doing how to create that experience and bring in that creativity as part of it and I and I want to think how can I do that more effectively in what I'm doing and how can I take that like and, and I feel like it's like confirmation to what I said earlier around this old incubator which is the growth one but it's around this bringing creativity and space to to bring all these pieces that we've talked about today we've gone everywhere on this conversation and I've loved it totally (laughs) loved it because when you can do all that and then that becomes who you are I think there's so much power in that and I think you brought that to the attention today so strongly and reminded me of how we need to bring all those pieces back into being and being really confident in how we then turn up with those pieces and I think that was the strong thing that I got from it what did you get from our conversation today what are you doing from it for myself I am I find it affirming a that you know I, I I don't have some high qualification in these things I have a whole bunch of lived experience but that people are hungry for creativity and to be thinking imaginatively and that people of influence are ones that are that are considering considering well how do we do this thing better and i would encourage you if you if people are around or encountering folks that are either you know n- neurotypical creative you know think outside the box sort of folks grab them out for a coffee and pick their brains yeah. because there's so much there's so much that people have that we benefit from sharing with each other. And, and so yeah, for myself, yeah. I, I just, I'm reminded yet again of just the joy of it is of just, you know, coming together and stirring the pot together. Because have you had fun stirring the pot richer. today, have you? <laughs> I, I found this really, really rich. So thank you so much for Oh, for you're so it. welcome. Thank you for coming and being a part on this table. Like seriously, I've loved just, uh, A, reconnecting because we haven't talked for a while, but also like I love when smart people are able to bring some of that creative side of that smartness into the pot, stir it around and then go, what can we come up with? How does that look? And what do we do with that? And I feel like we have been able to do this on this conversation today. So I'm so grateful for you, John. I'm always grateful for you as you continue to keep learning on your and evolve as you do. Like you're bringing your spoken word, you're bringing the photography, you're bringing the smart thinking around that and and mixing it together. And oh gosh, it's so exciting watching you as you unfold and as you become more confident to bring that out in whatever the way that needs to come out to the world. And I love watching you and your journey. And, you know, I've really loved having you here on this. So thank you. And I don't think this will be the last time you're in my world of what I'm doing, because I think one of the things that has also come out strong from our conversation is the fact that we need to bring creatives into this kind of collaborative space as well 
And I'm trying to think, how can I do that in more of a way as well after having this conversation with you? So, you know, we're all important and it's all those flavors that I think help to really shift the dial from problem to solution across the global landscape. So you're a part of that solution just as I am and just as everyone who is listening or going to listen to this. So thank you. Appreciate you. you. And I'm going to end this broadcast because it's been a long one today, but we are awesome and it's been amazing. So thank you. Appreciate it. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.